We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights... Cynthia Hyatt. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I hope that your Christmas and New Year celebrations were safe and fun and encouraging, maybe even relaxing. And if not, well, we're going to start out the new year and we're going to do it right. We are going to have the best year ever. That's the goal. That's the edict for this year, 2019. And so remember, when we talked about this, we opened this um, show last week, and we really talked about this idea that your best year ever doesn't always mean your best. doesn't mean you always do your best. It means that you learn from it, you change, you grow, you overcome. That's what makes the best year ever, is a year of true learning, of true growing, of becoming more of who God has originally designed you to be, being your best version. And so being your best version doesn't always mean doing the best. It means it is my best, and sometimes my best isn't always good enough. But it's good to give all I have. So we really talked about this idea of it being my will or God's will. My way or God's way. And that always helps to center me, to to kind of ground me when I'm really struggling with decisions or struggling with wanting to do something that may not be my best choice. And to really just take a moment, relax, and say, is it going to be my way or is it going to be God's way? Who's going to win this, this battle of the wills? Because God will always give. He won't get in a power struggle with you. He will never make you do anything. And trust me, sometimes I wish he would. Sometimes I wish he would just make me do the right thing. But I really have a choice. That's the gift of choice that God has given every human. It's your way or God's way. It's your will. You're going to bend to your will, cave to your will, or you're going to give in to God's will. And so we talked about this idea that we first start with this position of intention, And that we practice being in a position of intention. That means that daily, I intentionally position my heart and my mind to say, not my will, but thy will be done. And we have this wonderful verse in Philippians, chapter 1, verse 6, and it says, There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it, bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. And that is his promise to us. 
Now, the thing that works well is if we don't wait until the last minute to get that good work completed, that we really work with God so that we enjoy our time down here, that we are more effective for God because we are daily practicing doing it his way so that he can do that good work and he can complete it more deeply, more completely. So let's remind ourselves of this. And I'm going to give you a verse today that I, I read over this last week, and I've really been meditating on it. And I think this is a great way for us to think about this year. And this is out of the Amplified Bible, and it's John chapter 16, verse 33. And it says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In this world, you will have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. I love that. And I think if we can meditate on that this year, and I'm going to be reading this to myself every morning, because I want to focus on this. I want to remind myself that God has given me perfect peace and confidence and that there will be tribulation, there will be trials and distress and frustration, and some of it will be of my own making. But he tells me to take courage. He says, be confident, be certain, be undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I've deprived the world of its power to harm you and have conquered it for you. And it's always difficult when we hear these statements, these blanket statements, and we think, I, I, you know, I get it intellectually. I might even get it spiritually that it's wonderful. But I don't know how that's happening in my life or walking out in my life. And so God gave me this great little simple prayer. And I'm hoping that th this helps you. And it goes with this verse. Because he says, I have overcome the world. So what I say to God oftentimes when I'm struggling with self, maybe struggling with other people, struggling with the world, struggling with how things are going, whatever it m may be, I say to God the simple prayer. I say, God, for you have overcome the world. Overcome me. Overcome me as you have overcome the world. And it's just a different way of saying, God, your way, not my way, your will, not my will. Because I'm saying, I'm giving in to you. I'm willing to be overcome. You have overcome the world, now overcome me, my little world. Overcome, Cynthia. And that's why it really helps to daily recenter ourselves, to really refocus. And in Isaiah chapter 55, 8, this is the Message Bible. I love this. It says, I don't think the way you think. The way you work isn't the way I work. For as the sky soars high above the earth, so the way I work surpasses the way you work, and the way I think is beyond the way you think. He says, just as rain and snow descend from the skies and don't come back until they've watered the earth, doing their work, making things grow and blossom, producing seed for farmers and food for the hungry, so will the words that come out of my mouth 
not come back empty-handed. They will do the work I sent them to do. They'll complete the assignment I gave them. So we can add a third. God's will, or my will, God's way, or God's way. God's words, or my words. Where am I going to rest? In his will, in his way, in his words? Or am I going to trust my words? And what I tell myself, what I tell other people. Who am I going to trust? Because I can always trust God's word. Unfortunately, I can't always trust my word. Now, I may be more trustworthy than the majority of people, but I'm a sinner. I'm not that trustworthy. Maybe more than others, but I'm a sinner. And so I can either trust God's words or my words. This is why we position ourselves with intention. Where does our intention lie? What are we intentionally doing, intentionally thinking on, intentionally believing, intentionally speaking? So let's really think about that verse, that John chapter 16, verse 33, and Isaiah 55, verse 8, that says his ways aren't our ways, his thoughts aren't our thoughts. Let's continue to position ourselves with intention, intentionally positioning ourselves with a mindset of God, of trust. And so we talked last week also about this second thing, that we bring the year to a close and we keep it closed. We don't keep rehashing last year. What, what I, I say to clients frequently to myself, the only reason retrospect, the only way that retrospect is helpful is if it's used for learning. The only reason the past is helpful is to learn from it. That's why God allows us the memory of the past. The past is dead. There's nothing we can do about the past. It's over. But the thing we can do that is very productive and that honors God is to learn from the past, to either do more of what we've done because it's working and it's honoring of God, or to do less or to stop doing what we've done in the past. That's the only time God honors us visiting the past, is to learn, not to beat ourselves up with. The past is never for self-condemnation or for condemning another. The past is only to learn. So let's really think about this. If we really bring that year to a close, what does it mean? We may have to go through the grief and loss process. And we've talked at length about the grief and loss process on this show. And that's getting over ourselves. That's a shock. Can't believe we did what we did being in denial, wanting to minimize it, maybe bargaining, explaining away why all of that happened in 2018, maybe getting over ourselves because we're mad at ourselves, sad because we lost out on something or messed something up, and being willing to accept 2018 as it is, accept it and forgive ourselves for it. That's how the past is truly the past. Versus this demon that keeps showing up in our present and distressing us, discouraging us, shaming us. That's not what the past is for. So we put 2018 to rest. 
It did its job. Its job is over. And we walk into 2019 fully and completely ready to do God's way, God's will, and to speak God's words. Trust me, we, we don't, nobody likes to shock themselves. I don't like shocking myself. I don't like to have to get over things that I've done. I don't like to have to work on forgiving myself. I'd rather forgive everybody than myself. But that's one of the ways I honor God. That's God's way. Forgiveness is God's way. Forgiveness of others, forgiveness of myself. Because I have to live with myself. I need to make peace with myself. I need to make peace with 2018. So that it is done and finished. And whatever it was I need to learn, I learned. And I take into 2019 to do 2019 better. That's how we honor God. So we're coming to the end of this segment. And we're going to talk about new beginnings and how we do that with God, and how we ask God for those new beginnings, how we notice them, and how we walk them out. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we really talk more about putting 2018 to bed. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. And if you are just joining in, make sure that you visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And you can also look up on the internet to all the different podcast servers that carry this show as well. And you can listen to the show in its entirety. So we are really talking about the best year ever and having the best year ever. And that doesn't always mean we do our best. And this is how we are really working on making 2019 a year that is full of God's grace, full of God's provision, and full of his mercy and his will. That his will is done through us in this year. So we are working on having a position of intentionality, that we are intentionally positioning ourselves to do that, that we are also bringing 2018 to an appropriate close. And we are letting it be closed, and we are keeping it closed. And we are saying it is truly the past. It is dead. It is only for learning. It is not for self-condemnation. It's not for retrospect to wish we could go back there. It's not to lament about it. It's not to beat ourselves up over. It's to truly be over it and be done. God is done. God's in a new year. He's not back in, in 2018. He's in 2019. So we want to get with the program, be where God is, and he is in 2019. So what does that mean? We create new beginnings for ourselves. We do this by asking God for the new things that he has. And this really means I don't get in God's way. I don't fight him. Now, I can certainly go to him with my ideas, and I do all the time. I have a lot of ideas. God says, thank you very much for sharing, Cynthia. He doesn't always listen to my ideas because he has ideas for me. Sometimes... I'm amazed because my idea actually matches the idea he has. So it's important that we have that conversation. We have that communing together so that I say to God, hey, here are my ideas and what I have come to find in my life. And this works every time. The ideas that God wants to happen actually happen. The other ideas are purely for my own entertainment. 
And so I rest in that. They may be good ideas. People might even like the idea. But if God's not in it, it's a waste of my time. And so I really practice stepping out in faith. I don't worry about failing. I just simply try. Because I'm not God. So I don't always know. So I sometimes have to test it and see if there's any traction. And so we have this beautiful verse at 2 Corinthians chapter 5.17. And it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. So we know that 2019 is a creation of God. He let us have another year. He has not ended this whole entire grand plan he has. So he's created a new year. It's a new creation. And he says, the old one is gone. The new one is here. We have a lot of really important verses that help us intentionally position our hearts and minds to really allow for new beginnings, to allow for that new future. Not one of them talks about the past in terms of living there. See, we need seasons. We need time. We need to allow the past to be the past. And so now we're going to experience these new mercies for ourselves and for others. We're going to accept God's grace and his forgiveness. And we're going to use that as a new way to experience the new year that God has afforded us. So we can look to it with godly anticipation and excitement that he's given us a new year. I love that. I love that. So what do we do? We seek, we ask, and we believe. I love this verse in Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. And it says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness, streams in the wasteland. So that's the platform for 2019. He says, forget about 2018. Forget about 2013. Forget about 1999. Forget about 1985. Forget about it. I'm doing a new thing. Don't dwell on the past. Whether it's positive or negative, I'm not in the past. That's the history of who I am to help you trust where I'm taking you. So he says, it's, it's springing up. Perceive it. Do you not perceive what I'm doing? I'm making a way in the wilderness. What that means is he's making a way where there doesn't seem to be a way. He's always able to make a way. And what's nice is he doesn't ask us to do something we can't do, and that is to make the way. He simply asks us to walk in the way he has made. We also have that beautiful verse, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven through 13. And God says, For I know the plans I have for you, to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. He says, Then you will call on me and come and pray to me. I will listen to you. When you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. So we want to seek God with all our heart when we ask what he has for 2019. It may be a furtherance of 2018. He might be continuing to do some of what he did in 2018 in 2019, but it's still going to be a new thing. 
we have to be flexible enough and willing enough to let go of what we think is a good idea, to grab on to God's ideas. And so in the Message Bible, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it said, but God's not finished. He's waiting around to be gracious to you. He's gathering strength to show mercy to you. God takes the time to do everything right. Everything. Those who wait around for him are the lucky ones. I love that. We wait on God. He's got the plan. He's got the way. He's got the power. He's got the might. He's got the vision. And we can join with him and participate and give some of our version of it. But we have to get with God's plan. So God has an overall plan for his people. He has individual plans. He has plans for churches. He has plans for businesses, plans for families, plans for couples. He has all these plans that he's wanting us to wait around to find and to not rush ahead. And Luke 11 verse 9 says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And it goes on in verse 10 and says, For everyone who asks, receive. The one who seeks, finds. The one who knocks, the door will be opened. So think about that. When we are saying, God, I want your way, he says, good. If you ask for my way, you're going to receive my way. If you seek my way, you're going to find my way. If you knock on the door and say, I want to walk in it. I want to walk through it. I want to walk in that way. I'll open the door for you. And this is what's so powerful. Because he really goes on to say in that chapter, in, in, in Luke chapter 11, he talks about, Fathers giving gifts to their kids, and would they give them scorpions? Would they give them a snake instead of a fish? And the last part of that, 13, it says, Even though you're evil, how would you not want to give good gifts to your children? How much more would I, your perfect Father in Heaven, give you perfect gifts? Cynthia High with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about 2019 and how to walk in it. Well, welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. If you're just tuning in, make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Lots of things. We have blogs there. We also have all the uh, shows that are on the, the, the website there. You can listen straight from the computer. You can also go on the Internet. Just put my name in, Cynthia Hyatt, Conversations with Cynthia, and there's all kinds of podcast servers that also carry the, the um, shows as well so that you can listen to them Whenever, whenever is convenient for you. So we are talking about having the best year ever and how we do that. And we have these different steps that we've talked about, and, and we want to really review those. And that's the position of intention, that we are, we are intentionally positioning ourselves, that we are bringing 2018, that year, to a close, and we are keeping it closed. And we are only, only considering 2018 from a learning perspective, never from a perspective to beat us up, to lament, to wish we were back there, whatever that may be, that we are only using it to learn from. 
And then we talked in that last segment about creating new beginnings for myself and seeing the new things that God is doing and doing God's way, not our way, and God's will, not our will, and doing and using God's words, not our words. So this next one that we really have to focus on is managing my internal and external world. Because this is the area that we have some of the biggest problems in. Because truly, this is about self-care. And I hammer this day in and day out with my clients. I say, you know, one of the ways to honor God in the most, the greatest, the way that, that causes him such warmth in his heart, such happiness, is to take care of you to simply care about the person God cares for. God cares for you. He's depending on you to care for the one that he loves. Caring for yourself, practicing good self-care, is a way that you honor God. Think about how you feel if people take care of your children. How about if you ask them to take care of your pets while you have to go out of town? How do they honor you? They take care of that pet. They take care of that child in the way you have asked them to do. They honor your requests. And they take it seriously. And they value your children, value your pets. Because they are of great value to you. So one of the ways we honor God is we value who he values, which is myself. I value myself because he values me. I value the people that he loves, my husband, my children my clients, all the different patients that I work with, my extended family, my neighbors, my best friends. I value those people because God values them. And that's how I honor God. Now, the hardest part is taking care of or caring for God's precious little one, which is me and which is you. Trust me, nobody really wants to do this. Really. I'm serious. Nobody wants to take care of themselves. They want everybody else to take care of them, and we want to take care of everybody else. Nobody wants to take care of themselves. And I could do a whole entire show on why that may be. But you and I both know taking care of ourselves is hard. We are with ourselves 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You never get to be away from you. So you might as well make peace with you. You might as well learn to value you because you will enjoy yourself much more, and your life will work much better. And you will have more strength, more energy, you will have much greater vision, and you will be better able to hear God's voice when he says, go ye in this way, walk in this way, talk in this way, do this thing. You'll be much better able to hear him if you are caring for who he cares about. So we have to work on these five different realms of the human condition. That means physically, socially, intellectually, emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually. Those five areas, those are the ways I care for me. I care for myself physically. Socially, I make sure that I am socializing and that who I socialize with actually brings out good things in me and encourages and strengthens me versus socializing with people that are not of great character that might corrupt me. So I'm careful with boundaries. I take care of myself intellectually. I educate myself. I read the Bible. I learn more about God. 
I take care of myself emotionally and psychologically. I'm kind to myself. I honor my own feelings, and I don't act on every feeling, and I don't believe everything I think. I challenge my thoughts. I challenge my feelings. And I take care of myself spiritually. And that's a big one. And you see, all five of those realms need equal effort because that makes up the human condition. You take care of those five realms, you'll be amazed at how beautifully and wonderfully it works. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. We have one more segment to go. We're going to talk more about 2019, how to do that well, and make sure that you are taking care of the one that God cares for. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm your host. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. Thank you so much for joining me today and happy, happy new year. And if you weren't able to listen to last week's show, because we kind of started this, um, this whole idea of your best year ever, you might want to visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T. Dot com. You can find all the, um, the shows on the website. You can listen right off your computer. You can also just Google my name, Conversations with Cynthia or Cynthia Hyatt, and they are on so many podcast servers as well. You can find me there. So you can listen to this show in, in, in its entirety. So we are coming to the end of this kind of two-part series, and we are looking at these five ways that we help or set the tone or the, the foundation to have the best year ever. And that is the first one we do. We really position ourselves with intention. So we have intentionality. And we position ourselves with the intention of living fully 2019. We're not going to be halfway in it, halfway out. We're not going to condemn it. We're not going to fight it. We're going to really take hold of it and honor it. And we're going to have an intentionality in the way that we live. We're not going to let life do us. We are going to live life. And the second thing, we're going to bring the year to a close. We're going to keep it closed. That may mean some grief and loss. That may mean some resolve. We may need to resolve some things. We may need to forgive ourselves. We may need to forgive someone else. And if we can't completely forgive, then we may need to say, then the way that I'm bringing that to a close is I'm closing that as much as I can and I am being committed to that forgiveness process in 2019. And I'm not going to continue to go back and rehash and cause that to be alive in my heart, in my soul. Because we have to remind ourselves that 2018 is truly dead. There's no way we can go back. It's over. It's gone. It's as if every step you take, the ground beneath you falls away. There's no ground to return to. It's gone. So we need to let it be done. And thank God for that. Some things we might not want to be done, and we may be sad that they're over. Some things we are so grateful that it's over. So we bring that year to a close. We keep it closed. And we only use it to learn from. And then we work on creating new beginnings. How do we create new beginnings? And one of the main things that we do is we ask God, what is the new thing you have for me to do? What do my hands need to find to do that is your way 
your will? And how do I change the language I speak so that I speak your words, God? I speak the way you would. I speak life into things, into my own life, into others, into whatever endeavor, God, you have me walk into. I bring life to it. So we create these new beginnings, and we're open to them. And we trust God's way, not our way. I, I say to clients, I say to myself all the time, I either trust God or I don't. There's no middle ground. I either trust him or I don't. He either has best intentions for me. He either has good plans for me. He either lives up to his word or he doesn't. There is no in between. And that's really comforting. That it isn't on a day-to-day basis whether or not I can trust God. He's either trustworthy or he's not. And so we also then work really hard at managing the internal and external world. And I'm going to tell you the truth. The more you manage your own internal world, that you live at peace with you, the better the external world will be the better experience you will have of it and the less you will have to change and the less you will fight the external world. You'll, you'll better know your battles. See, the, the better that I manage my own internal world, the better I manage my own self-care, the be- better, I am at able, better I am in hearing God's voice to know what it is he actually wants me to change in the external world so that I'm not trying to change things solely for my own benefit. Because that way it causes me to live a life of acceptance. That I accept the world on the world's terms. I change the things that can be changed. I change the things God wants to have changed. And I accept the other. And it helps me live better at peace. It doesn't mean that peace is agreement. I can accept a lot of things I don't agree with. God is accepting a world he agrees little with. Because he wants to be in relationship with us. So we manage the internal world by practicing self-care of all those five arenas. The physical arena, the social arena, the intellectual arena, the emotional psychological arena, and the spiritual arena. Those five arenas make up the human condition. And if one is lacking, the others suffer. So some people have a hard time taking care of themselves physically. They really do intellectually and spiritually, but they don't like to take care of their physical body. Well, that's the temple God gave for you. You can't be on this earth if you don't have a body. So God specifically designed, created, and thought up the body you live in. That is his handiwork. He chose that for you. And he wants it cared for. Imagine if Jesus did not take care of his human body. If he didn't take care of himself physically, he would have never been able to endure the cross. He would have failed before he even got on the cross. He would have been killed far sooner. So it's imperative that we care for this body that God gave us to live in so that we can do God's work while we're here. Socially, we are social beings. Let's look again at the life of Christ. Very social. He was with people all the time. He was hanging around with people all the time. He was going from town to town, talking with people, sharing with people, helping people, blessing people, encouraging, exhorting. Humans are social. Now, you may be introverted or extroverted. 
I'm an introvert, but it doesn't mean I don't need socialization. I do. I need to socialize. That helps me be a more well-rounded person. It helps others give into my life, and it helps me give into theirs. Intellectually, we need to be challenging ourselves intellectually, especially in the 21st century. Because here we are, we don't have to even challenge ourselves. We have every single piece of information we could ever possibly want right at our fingertips. We don't have to go searching or researching for anything. But what we do have to practice is being people that are able to understand the information they're getting and are critical thinkers. We have to have a mature mind. We have to have the mind of an adult that is able to critically discern what it is that we're reading, hearing, what we're being told. We're responsible for that information. We need to care for ourselves emotionally and psychologically. That's part of caring for those five realms. Taking my own feelings seriously doesn't mean I believe all my feelings. Taking my thoughts seriously, and it doesn't mean I believe everything I think. But a mature critical thinker is able to challenge their own thoughts and challenge their own feelings and is also able to manage where those thoughts go, where they let their thoughts go, and is able to manage how big or small the feeling is, what to do with the feeling, how much to talk about the feeling, how much to act on the feeling. That's what healthy adults do. And lastly, the spiritual arena. We can be doing all those other four arenas well, but it will just simply make us worldly beings. And there's some really amazing worldly people that manage all four of those realms very, very well. And they are good people. But are they actually doing God's will? Are they actually doing the call on their life? The only way you know the heart of God and why you're here, what he made you to do, what he specifically, uniquely designed your fingerprint to have on this planet is spiritual. You have to know the one who created you to know why you're here and what the point is and how to do it well so that we make sure that the eternity that God is designing is occurring and we're a part of that. So spiritually, you want to know your creator. You want to know the one that loved you so deeply and completely and knows you deeply and completely and still loves you, that person that died for you, you want to know him. Why would he do that for you? What is so special, so important about you that he would lay his life down for you? That's important to know. That gives us confidence to stand against the enemy. That gives us confidence to stand against the world that wants to shout down our faith. It's imperative that we know our creator. We know our best friend, right? What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend he is. He wants us to take advantage of his friendship. So spiritually, we work on this. We want to integrate and practice all these above directives, all those directives I just said to you, right? And we want to practice those within those five arenas as well. That means that my internal and external world, I practice a position of intention. In my internal, my external world, I bring the year to a close. I keep it closed. 
In my internal and external world, I allow for new beginnings. And I manage those worlds. And I love God, self, and others. Physically, socially, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually. See, the first two arenas, the physical and the social, that's my external world. And this is where the majority of resolutions are made. See, this is where we generally see incongruences and conflict. These are the areas that the internal world is manifested. See, you can't manifest something outside of you if it's not in you. And unfortunately, our, our outsides, our external world, is generally revealing our internal world. If you get to know somebody for any length of time, you start to know their internal world. They could have appeared a certain way in the beginning, but you start to get to know them and you go, wow, that's not what they're like inside. So their inside doesn't match their outside. This is where it's imperative that the internal world, the world of emotions and ideas, is managed along with the external world, the physical and the social part of my life, how I act and how I appear. So that leads us to the last thing, that we live in love. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, it says, Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. So remember, we're learning today how to allow for God's best, how to create an internal, an external world that invites God's will and his way and creates a foundational approach to living this new year, this year of 2019, causes us to better hear the Holy Spirit. And I want to end with this beautiful prayer from St. Teresa of Avila, and it says, Let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. All things pass. God never changes. Patience achieves everything. Whoever has God lacks nothing. God alone suffices. Let that be your prayer in 2019. God bless you. And I'm excited about this new year that we have. Thank you for all of your participation in social media. You can always email me any ideas you have for shows. If you would like me to talk about something, educate on something, expound on something, I'd love to do that for you. Have a blessed, blessed week. And we'll talk to you next week. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah, be-